Now, back to InfoTrack. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Millions are suffering from endless pain. Are pain therapies adequate? Or are we letting countless people suffer needlessly? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey joins us to get the facts. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is nationally syndicated health columnist Judy Foreman. She is the author of a book called A Nation in Pain, Healing Our Biggest Health Problem. Tell us first, how big is the problem of chronic pain in America? The problem is huge, and it's a lot bigger than most people realize. In fact, it's bigger than almost anyone realized until a couple years ago when the Institute of Medicine, which is an arm of the National Academy of Sciences, released a big report. They found that 100 million Americans are living every day with chronic pain. Some of them have it fairly moderately, but a number of them have it quite severely to the point where they're really disabled by it. So it's a much bigger problem. There's more people living in pain than living with cancer, diabetes, and heart disease all put together. Has this always been the case, or is this something of a growing problem? It's always been bigger than many people realize, but I think it's growing also partly because of the aging population. You know, as we get older, we do have more of the conditions that can cause chronic pain. There's also, you know, we have a busy medical establishment, so people are getting a lot of procedures which themselves can trigger pain. I mean, tangling with the medical establishment is not a totally benign thing either. It seems to me that chronic pain as a national health issue is difficult to address because there are so many potential causes for it. That's right. There are like four different kinds of pain just in and of itself, let alone the multiple numbers of causes. But the interesting thing to me as I was researching this book is that chronic pain is now seen as a disease by itself, not just a symptom of something else. Obviously, if you have a tumor or an infection or something like that or a broken bone or something, the cause of the pain is pretty obvious. And if you can get rid of the basic problem, the pain goes away too. But a lot of the time... Pain becomes a problem in its own right, and that's when it gets really hard to treat and very difficult for doctors to understand. We hear a lot in the news about prescription medication addictions, and obviously there must be some connection between the chronic pain issue and those prescription addictions. Can you just talk for a moment about what that connection really is? Well, in this report that I mentioned from the Institute of Medicine, they don't call it a connection, although it is. They call it a conundrum, meaning that a lot of legitimate pain patients have trouble getting the opioids, which are also called narcotics, that they genuinely need and would use responsibly, while street abusers seem to have no trouble at all getting their hands on them. The real pain patients sometimes just can't get the drugs. They are turned away from doctors and from emergency rooms, and they are presumed with no evidence to be drug abusers, and at the same time, the real abusers, who often have another real disease called addiction, get these drugs illegally, borrowing, stealing, taking them from medicine cabinets, conning doctors into prescriptions. So it's a very messy overlap of two colliding epidemics, the drug abuse problem and the chronic pain problem. Do students in medical school get enough training in pain management? No, not at all. There was a big study from Johns Hopkins in 2011. They surveyed 117 medical schools in this country and Canada, and they found that on average, the median number of hours that students spent learning about pain was nine. That's out of four years of medical school. And that's a colossal mismatch because pain is the main thing that drives people to doctors. So many people, I would say virtually all pain patients who 
go from doctor to doctor looking for someone who can help them, the doctors often feel helpless and are fairly helpless because they haven't really learned enough about it. Our guest on InfoTrack is nationally syndicated health columnist Judy Foreman. She's the author of a book called A Nation in Pain, dealing with our biggest health problem, and we're discussing chronic pain and how it is a much bigger problem in our country than most people realize. Let's talk for a moment about alternative medicine. Are there approaches that work? Because, of course, many conventional doctors say it's all placebo effect or it doesn't work at all? Well, yes. There's some evidence now that some of these alternative things do work above and beyond the placebo effect. Most notably, acupuncture, which for years was thought to be just a placebo effect, but there have been a number of studies lately that show that it really is more than just that. There was a big study in 2012 put out by Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City They looked at a bunch of other studies for people in pain and found that way above just a placebo effect, acupuncture does seem to reduce pain. There are a number of theories why this would be in mice who presumably are not subject to the placebo effect. Acupuncture has been shown to reduce a natural pain-killing substance in the body called adenosine. And acupuncture has also been shown to release endorphins. Those are those natural, made-in-the-body, things that are like opioids, but that can also reduce pain. So there's quite a bit of evidence that acupuncture does work above and beyond the placebo effect. I'm sure a great deal of scientific research is going on regarding pain management and chronic pain. Is there anything on the horizon that you think really seems particularly promising? I'd say one of the most promising things is the use of brain scanning technology called F, as in Frank, MRI. It stands for Functional Magnetic Resonance Imaging, where, you know, they put you in a machine, basically an MRI machine, but they can look at what's happening in your brain in real time and see what parts of the brain are kind of very active and what parts are less active. And this is coming closer and closer to being a diagnostic test for pain, which is terrific because many pain patients, when they go to the doctor, they are just not believed because there's no objective test for pain. So the more we can show exactly where in the brain the sections of the brain light up when a person is in pain, the more I think pain will be taken seriously as a real thing and that people will not be as accused as much of faking it, which many pain patients are not. They're just accused of it. Judy, if you were going to offer advice to someone who is dealing with chronic pain, what kind of things do you recommend? Keep trying and going to different doctors if you have to, to get a doctor who believes you because the biggest problem people have is they go to a doctor and the doctor doesn't believe them. But there's a lot beyond medications, which I would think of as a last resort for people. A lot of things that really can help. We did mention acupuncture. Perhaps the most effective thing that people with chronic non-cancer pain can do is exercise. It's the thing that people least want to do when they're in pain. They'd rather just go pop a pill. But it is the most effective thing that people can do. There's a lot of different exercises that you can do safely, especially under the supervision of a physical therapist, and it probably makes more difference than anything else. If you're going to choose one or two things about the healthcare system and its approach to pain management, what would you change? I would definitely change the way pain is taught or not taught in medical schools. I would increase by a lot the number of hours medical students get learning about pain, including the emotional aspects of pain. And Johns Hopkins, which I have no connection to, they have quite a good program in teaching medical students about this, but most medical schools do not. The other thing I would do is really 
push on Congress because they're the budgetary arm of the government. And right now, the money they give to the National Institutes of Health for studying pain is only about 1% of the massive NIH budget. So that needs to be beefed up. And the infrastructure at NIH needs to be beefed up as well because although pain is a bigger problem than these other diseases, to the extent that there is research, it's scattered all over the whole collection of institutes, and that's why it's really kind of an orphan within the system. Judy Foreman, nationally syndicated health columnist and the author of A Nation in Pain, Healing Our Biggest Health Problem. Judy, do you have a website where folks can learn more? I do. It's judyforeman.com, J-U-D-Y-F as in Frank, O-R-E-M-A-N.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. And thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.